All right, we're back. Undrafted Sports Podcast, Episode 7, at Undrafted Pod, at, on all social media accounts. I am here with Sean. As you can see, we are a two-man team rather than a four-man team tonight because two of the four people on this podcast don't enjoy the beautiful game, and we beautiful do. Game. So we will be we will be previewing – Euro Cup 2021. I don't even know what. The, what are you supposed to call it? They're calling it 2020, so we'll call it 2020. All right, so we'll call it 2021. <laughs> Euro 2021. We're going to do that. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Yanks, the United States, off of their um, what was it? League of Nations, uh, Concacaf Nations, something that's some made-up cup that we can win and say that we're good. Second most prestigious Uh, title in our region. Yeah, great. Um, So, yeah, that happened. So, I guess we'll start there, Sean, at SMOMOOD26, by the way, and I am at DMC underscore KEE09 underscore on Twitter. Uh, So, Sean, why don't you uh, lead us off with a little CONCACAF Nations who, who cares about this tournament talk. Yeah, uh, as you and I talked about privately, I was very excited for the chance of this group of players, young players, to, to get a trophy. I was secretly rooting for Costa Rica to beat Mexico so that the chances would be better. Um, you were all about taking on Mexico and beating Mexico, which Coward. we did. Which we did. We got the trophy. Uh, I don't know why Burhalter decided to switch up his tactics and throw out a formation out there that we've never played before. But at the end of the day, it worked. Um, all three goals were set pieces so uh formation maybe needs a little bit more practice but uh proud of the young guys for for getting it done always great to beat mexico um saw how they how their fans acted uh as they were losing and after christian scored the goal and when they realized they weren't going to win so always good to to beat mexico lift the trophy uh and some really good momentum going into to gold cup which hopefully will lead into uh world cup qualifying next year or later this year. When do they start? I don't even know. Uh, I believe it's September okay. of this year. But back to your formation talk. So I think we already talked about this, but in the first game, if you're going if this was like a tryout for a back three slash back five, you would think that he would start that against Honduras in the first game. Um, but he decided to do it in playing our biggest rival um, championship game and throwing championship game, throwing Tim Ream to the wolves. Um, Mm. And I mean, to be honest, like it just didn't work. Like you said, um, it was all set pieces, classic United States soccer. It's all we do. I mean, typically it's just long balls, play the athleticism, hopefully a break can go your way and pray to God that your defense doesn't fail, which in this case it did multiple times. But I think the main issue with that is we have DeAndre Yedlin and Sergio Dest who both play right back. We don't have a left back. They clearly don't trust Anthony Robinson. We haven't had a left back in years. I don't even know how long we were throwing Demarcus Beasley. Demarcus back there. Beasley, yeah. <laughs> so, 
it's an issue. Um, they got to figure that out. But I think the main, in my opinion, the main source of them changing that was to get Destiny attacking zone, and he did not do a thing up there. So, and when you do that and you have wingers that come up, your center backs have to take the role. And boy, did Mark McKenzie and Tim Ring show that they are not prepared to do such things. Yeah, that was that was the bad thing. Like, if you do that and you switch up that attack, you expect that you're going to get Dest, who is playing, you know, at Barcelona with some of the world's greatest players and, and for one of the most popular teams in the world. So he has the, you know, training and practice to go through and do all, but he just looked out of sorts. He didn't look comfortable. Um, I like the idea of us building up through that instead of, like you said, with the long ball and always kicking up to a big bodied striker, like when we did with Josie and it, it's different and I like it, but um, they pulling that out in a uh, championship game was not ideal at the end of the day they got the w um i i need to see more out of josh Sargent. uh if he's going to be the striker we're going to be building from the wings that's going to be his that's built for him otherwise they would throw daryl dk or um subachu out there Sobichu. so yeah um throw they're the big body josie altador types where you can just kick it up there, let them possess it, and let them use their body and their their strength. But if we're going to build up through the wings, we got to get more out of Sargent. Uh, how excited are you though for Reyna, McKinney, and Pulisic? Like it's it's so amazing to have those three guys playing on the field together. Yeah, it it really just feels like when we get the ball and attack, there's a different team. It's not we don't really have we haven't had the dynamicism. That, dynamicism is that a word dynamism i don't know i'm stupid anyways we haven't been as dynamic on attack as we have been and it just feels like we have so much more creativity um as we go through our uh, the the opponent's third you know smart passes through balls before it was just kind of beating our head up against the wall and getting the ball to to the corner and trying to get a corner or trying to get across and put it on ahead so it just feels like we're, we're much more of an attacking threat, at least through the middle, than we have been. But the back four is, is, is a big question, or five, however you want to look at it. But uh, I would like to see Tyler Adams and McKinney play together more. Um, I know we haven't really seen that due to injury or the COVID stuff, and they both play for good teams and don't like them to play international, so – those two are going to be huge, especially come World Cup time. That's going to be that that defensive midfield is going to make us or break us. So um, I'm I'm a hundred percent all in on Weston McKinney. I love the way he plays. He's probably my favorite player on the team. Just a bulldog, and him playing for Juventus makes it that much sweeter that he's like actually playing for them rather than having Michael Bradley, who plays amazing in Gold Cups, and then when you get to World Cup, he's an amateur. Yeah. I mean, we, we've said that for years and years and years with our, our best players that could never make it or sustain it over in Europe and would always come back. And the entire, you know, team was basically built of – now, Clint is the exception because he did do really well in, in Europe, but – you know, Josie fizzled out up there. Michael Bradley was playing for Roma. He couldn't make it. Like, even Landon Donovan, for that effect, was only at Everton for a short time after he left Germany. Like, 
to have these three kids. Uh, and that doesn't even include, like, like you said, Dest and our keeper who wasn't great in the first game uh, playing for City, you know, playing in FA Cup finals and playing in these meaningful games. It's it's awesome development. And that's kind of what Jurgen Klinsmann was preaching so long ago is that you got to get out of the MLS. You got to take these kids to Europe to play, especially when you start trying to qualify for World Cup or even playing in the Gold Cup. It's totally different than the style of play that they play in the MLS. So very glad to see. And it's cool just to have the American presence for anybody that watches international club football. Like you get to see uh, Zach Steffen and Christian Pulisic battle in to become the first American to win a Champions League. Shout out, Christian. But, you know, it's, it's awesome to have all these guys playing. I mean, McKinney plays with Ronaldo. Dest plays with Messi. Are you kidding me? Like, that's incredible development for, for those young guys. Yeah, but, I mean, Sebastian Legette plays with the Galaxy. I mean, David yeah. Beckham used to play there. Yeah. Old Landon Donovan, I mean, old Robbie how, King. How can you beat that? <laughs> Going back to, to your Stefan thing, um, would you like to explain to the people why you're lukewarm on Zach Stefan, or are you just not ready to admit it? I don't know that I'm lukewarm on him. He just – his decision-making is less than ideal so far. And, and the couple games that I've watched him play, even the, the game where he played for uh, – and I said FA Cup final earlier. I'm at the semifinal when Chelsea knocked him out. But um, he just he, – he's he, he thinks he's a little bit more athletic than I think he is because – that play he made against Honduras wasn't even close. Uh, and he, he's just making one one stupid mistake that in a, in a World Cup qualifier on the road could cost us. And we've seen that before. We've lost World Cup qualifiers 1-0 because of a bonehead foul or a, a bad deflection or something like that. You can't have that from your keeper. So that's my only concern with him is that he's a little too aggressive. And when he's too aggressive, unlike Tim Howard, who was ultra aggressive but always made the right play, uh, Zach is not there yet. So you're ready for the Horvath experience? Is that what you're saying? No. I mean, it was an awesome moment for him, especially being from that area and, and coming in and basically winning uh, the, the League of Nations. But, no, uh, I think I think Zach is our number one. He should be our number one, and um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still riding with him. I want to throw water on Ethan Horvath's moment because everybody decided that they wanted to give this guy props. <laughs> but probably, I mean, you can't really take a worse PK. I mean, maybe if it had a little less pace. But as long as he's guessed, as long as he gets it right, it was just he was going to save it. Yeah. Like, he hit it three feet away from him. Like, it wasn't. But that's what, that's what the Mexican fans get for being – pieces of shit and throwing stuff at people's faces, including yeah. their own players. Including their own. Yeah. They didn't care. So yeah, all in all, I think I think it was a great win. Um me me and my dad go by the, the same philosophy we say it all the time. Great teams find ways to win, whether it's pretty, whether it's not pretty. Those are typically the games throughout the years that we just end up losing three to two instead of two to tie or whatever the case may be. We don't ever win those games. I think that was broke in eight straight non-win streak against Mexico, if I remember right. So it's a big win just for the confidence. Like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily think the trophy means that much, but for the confidence and just to beat Mexico on that kind of stage with it felt like a decent amount of people watching, 
even though um, some people were roped into buying a Idiots. boxing fight. Well, you can call it what you want, but basically celebrity deathmatch in person. Um, <laughs> other than that, uh, what else should we talk about? Well, quickly, kudos to the guys because going down one nothing inside of a Early. minute and a half uh typically that's kind of especially against mexico i know i felt like man this is going to get out of hand real quick so so kudos to these young guys for for battling through and they had a better stretch in the end of the first half that kind of got them back to level playing field and then second half they just kind of gritted it out like you said they found a way to win and, and kudos to them and we'll see how it translates with the gold cup coming up obviously we don't get geo uh he'll be being recalled by by dortmund but Shout out. um yeah, shout out to Dortmund. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, I think from all accounts, uh, Weston and Christian are playing. We'll see what happens with Zach's knee. I think he had a bruised knee or whatever. You were pretty yeah, bone bruise. mad at him for leaving, <laughs> leaving the field. But um, we'll see what happens with these young guys for, for Gold Cup, which, again, is the best or biggest tournament in our region. So – We'll see how we perform in that uh, environment. Uh, I, I would. I don't think I'd be going out of the limb to say there's going to be a rematch with Mexico at that point. It's probably safe to say. I don't know if there's line on that, but that's probably minus a couple hundred. <laughs> Speaking that of that, uh, we also will play Costa Rica, who we beat the fuck out of two days or yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or depending on whenever you listen to this, Wednesday we beat the shit out of them. And none of our big guys played. Daryl DK scored. Brendan Aronson, who I told you I'm a yeah. fan of. Unfortunately, he plays behind Chio Reyna and Christian Pulisic, so that sucks for him. Yeah. But he he feels like the kind of guy – this is probably a stupid comparison, but remember in, in that one World Cup that Germany ran through people and Mario Goza was like a super Goza. sub and yeah. he just like brought so much energy. He felt like the kind of guy that could do that. For us, um, it's gonna suck when we don't, or we make it out of group stage in the second, and we lose to like France in the first round. But um, that's just kind of where my head's at. How, how can you not be positive about this team? Yeah, we joked about it. You, um, like you, you, I was, we were both working, so we didn't get to watch the game. Uh, and I kind of texted you the scores, like, "Oh, DK scored. How about that?" And you were like, "Yeah, I was recording it." I was like, "Man." For you to be that enthralled with this team, uh, to watch a friendly where our B squad was playing, basically, you know, like you're you're all in. Like you said, you texted me, like I'm all in on this team, and uh, like it's it's very exciting. It's it's a, the best time of soccer since 2002, 2006 time when we were making you know the, the round of 16 in the quarterfinals of World Cups. Uh, that's kind of how long it's been since we've been in that position. And we've been talking about this since then. We've yeah. been talking about guys on our team who play in Europe, guys who play against the best players in the world. I don't want Real Salt Lake's best fucking player <laughs> on my team. Get Shout out Kyle Beckerman. <laughs> San Jose Earthquakes. I mean, he, I'm not going to say his name. No, he, he doesn't I mean, get a uh, shout out on the he's, podcast. He's a leading goal scorer in MLS history. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Miss me with that shit. Miss yes. me with that. Big time. Big time. But, but yeah, it's – uh. Uh, should we talk about Mark McKenzie's turnover or we just want to pass that up and just shake it off? 
we can pass it up, but he looked shaky. He looked good against uh, Honduras, but man, did he look shaky against Mexico and that three back system that we were running. Feels like he's going to be the guy. Miazga didn't play a second. I think Miazga came in against Honduras, right? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe he came in against the Switzerland. Maybe it was a Switzerland friendly he came in on. I think you're right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Which that was a disappointing one, but we'll get to Switzerland and get to the Euro Cup. (laughs) But um, yeah, I. Like you said, it's positive. We're moving forward. We'll see what Gold Cup has in the store. Um, but we should really – I mean, if we don't at least go to the final, it's it's a disappointment. We should not yeah. do these teams. Yeah. I haven't seen the group stage or however they shake it out, who we even play. But like you, like you said, it should be no-brainer to get through the knockout stage and then we'll see what happens with Costa Rica, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, maybe Canada. Shout-out Alfonso Davies. Had a goal the other day in World Cup qualifying. Great player. Yes. Um, all right. Anything else you got on the U.S.? Oh, should we talk about Burhalter? How are we feeling about Burhalter? Uh, I'm still shaky, but he got, he got a result. He got a trophy. Um, you know, Again, the decision to, to switch up tactics, uh, I don't think he's – I think there was a reason for it. I just don't know what that reason was. My logic would say that he wanted to try something out against a high-quality opponent in a high-pressure situation. He's not going to have Geo for the Gold Cup, so he really won't get to see what that formation is going to look like in a, in a uh, game environment until we get to World Cup qualifying. So maybe – We'll I get some Tim Weah, though. Yeah, Tim came in, possessed the ball really nice. He looked all right. Tyler Adams, like I'm we're deep. We're, yeah, we're deep. And again, every guy that we're saying does not play in the MLS. Correct. You know, way won a French league. Uh, all the champions, I mean, Champions League won. We've got McKinney winning Copa Italia. Like, Dest is winning whatever they want in, for Barcelona. It's it's awesome. So, well, you're, you're – answer for Burhalter change when well assuming we qualify for world cup and we have Cal Acosta and Playoff starting you'd be upset when Gio is not at you. Yeah if that's the lineup without injuries no, then yeah then Burhalter out. If that's if that's what we're gonna get then Burhalter out. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I do want to bring up one more thing. The striker that we need a nine badly, obviously. Yes. So it feels like – do you think Josie's going to make the World Cup squad? No. Um, I think if he makes it, it's because of injuries to other people. Um, or he just goes and is in incredible form for Toronto if he's still – I don't even know if he's still there. I don't know where he's at. But if he's in incredible form and they're like, okay – Let's bring him in just to bring him in. I don't – if he makes the team, he definitely won't be starting. Um, so, in that regard, don't bring him in at all. Just let, okay, let one so, of the younger guys go. So, no Josie. So, Josie's artist will be our nine is what you're saying? Yeah. I don't know if you saw, um, but he scored for the Columbus crew the other day. So, uh, Taylor Twelman's really excited to bring that up come World Cup time. He's yeah. been great for the Columbus crew. You guys haven't it, been watching. He is the biggest MLS stand ever. So, in realistic terms – so, but you who doesn't 
come close to spelling his name so, but you on the back of the jersey for whatever fucking reason. Daryl DK, who I think we both are on that train, and Josh Sargent, who feels like we're both on the way to our exit on that train. We've got one leg off of that train, yeah. I don't know. Sargent just doesn't seem like a number nine for for America. Like, I know he had a great season in Germany. He just doesn't seem like he fits the number nine. And maybe I'm so used to Josie and the guy who we don't talk about being taller body, you know, bigger bodies, but he just doesn't feel like he fits the mold of what we want out of a striker. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because that that's I mean, other than our defensive woes and just the terrifying aspect of thinking that our back four or five is going to play against Mbappe, Griezmann, and Dembele is the scariest thing of all time. Oh, but, mother of God. <laughs> That's uh, probably our biggest question mark because we somebody has to step up. Like, we just have to score goals. We have yeah. to. We can have Gio and Christian create as much as we want, but if we can't score goals with the nine, we're going to be in trouble. Yep. Big time. So, big ups, Daryl TK. Please keep scoring goals so yeah. you will be on the roster. Keep Keep playing. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap up our – USA talk, go Yanks, but uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Euros 2020, 2021 (laughs) preview. All right, we are back on Draft Sports Podcast with the Euro 2021 (laughs) preview. Uh. We are going to go group by group, not boring, but group by group with a lot of enthusiasm to try to figure out who's going to win this shit. Um, These groups were selected via what I wanted, and that's just the way it's going to be, my show. So, Facts again. You know, where's the pants here? Hey, CG and Damon. Oh, you guys aren't here. Okay. Group A. Dan starting with Group A. Um, some people like Italy. Not a fan. I'm not a fan. Um, you know, fortunately for them, they got a good draw. I do think Switzerland Switzerland's always tricky. Um, it feels like uh Shakiri has played for them for 172 years. Yeah, he's old, and he still he's doesn't old. start for a, a league team. He's been a super sub for 12 years of his career. <laughs> uh, so this is his time to shine. Uh, I believe in the last World Cup they advanced pretty far. So I am a fan of Switzerland. They did beat the powerhouse United States of America in a friendly not too long ago. They're on the up and up. So, uh, I did like the Swiss to advance at minus 175. I thought that was a good wager. But that all depends on Turkey. And some people on this podcast are not a fan of Turkey. Would they like to defend themselves? I'm going to believe that you said that. I don't remember saying that. I don't know why we would have ever been talking about Turkey. But... 
uh, sure, I'll be the bad guy. I don't think Turkey's good. I don't have any facts to back that up because I don't remember saying that. Uh, but I do like Switzerland as the second team out of this group. Um, I would agree. Poor, poor Wales is going to get just embarrassed. Poor Gareth Bale. Poor yeah. Gareth Bale. <laughs> it's going to be bad. But um, just for those listening, keep Italy minus 210 to win the group in, in the back of your head when we continue talking about – about these groups. Daddy's got a little parlay he's going to throw at you. So, Wales is a little bit of striking power. Gareth Bale, Daniel James, uh, Bale with Madrid, Daniel James with Man United. So, they got a little bit of little bit of oomph there, but um, I did watch them play against the U.S., and they were less than impressive as well as their entire run to get to this point. So, they're plus 120. Sorry, plus one twenty-five to be the bottom of this group. Um, yeah. I don't hate that. I definitely I don't that. hate that. So, I any Turkish fans that listen or watch of our seventeen watchers, I apologize. Just my take. Um, unfortunately, I was graced with Group A because Sean was going to cry river if I didn't take the one that he didn't want. So, here we are. That's not at all how this went. I asked how we wanted to do it, and I was told that I was taking certain Prove groups. It. And I have – oh, I got the screenshot to show it. All right, that brings us to group B, which I am fortunate enough to have. You would think we'd go A, B, C, D, E, but we didn't, and you'll find out why later. Um, I have uh, group B, uh, which has the number one team in the world according to the latest FIFA rankings. Uh, they are stacked. They're loaded. They've got so much firepower. Uh, Belgium. Unfortunately for Belgium, they're the only favorite that does not get to play a home game. They play Russia in Russia. They play Denmark in Denmark, and then they finish up with Finland in Russia. Uh, also, unfortunately for, for Belgium, uh, in their first game, they play Russia, and they're probably going to be without KDB, Kevin De Bruyne, who had facial fractures and a broken nose, I believe, in the Champions League final after he ran into Rudiger's shoulder. So... Uh, they have the depth to replace it, but well, not to replace it. Let me rephrase that. You can't replace KDB, but they should still be all right to get out of there. There's so much depth for them, uh, especially up top. I mean, you look at their strikers. They got Lukaku, Benteke, uh, Michi, Bashiai, and Mertans. They they can just throw strikers out at, at, at will. Um, you've got one of the best players in the world, although he's kind of fallen off in terms of what he was doing at Chelsea, but Eden Hazard is still there. Um, and then a young kid who uh, all my Chelsea fans will know from, from Leicester, uh, Tienemans, who had that striker goal of in the FA Cup final. So they've got, they've got talent there. Um, I, I think they win the group very easily. Uh, their number to win the group is pretty low considering what Italy's is. Their number is only minus 150, so I, I do like that. Uh, I think Russia um, you know, is going to be Russia. They're kind of like the team – that always sticks around. They're always kind of hanging in there a lot, like what uh, Dan said with the Swiss. Uh, Denmark, um, they've got some young talent there. They've got a chance to maybe do a little sneaky there. Uh, we talked a little bit off air. And so Belgium and Denmark to finish first and second is plus 185. And I think Mr. McKee uh, likes that one-two finish. Uh, and then rounding out the group is Finland, who is projected – to give up the mo- second most goals <laughs> in the tournament. 
So All right, couple, thanks couple for playing things. I'd like to roll back to group A because I forgot something I wanted to say. Italy plays in Rome for all three games. That's just a fact. So the likelihood of them coming out of there is decently high. Second, Denmark is low-key loaded. So Schmeichel from Leicester, Leicester, that's how, that's how the people say it who know how to speak in that tone. And f- football is, you know, a prominent thing in their lives. It's Leicester, not Leicester. Well, so Leicester, Casper Schmeichel. They also have um, Martin Braithwaite, who plays for Barcelona, and Yusef Polson, who plays for Leipzig, as their their forwards. And then Thomas Delaney, who is shout out Dortmund. Um, he's, I mean, he's a little bit older, but he's pretty good. Uh, Christian Eriksen, who's been there forever, I believe he's at Inter now. And uh, they also have a uh, shout-out Chelsea Andreas Christensen yeah. in their back four. So they got some players. Um, I, I do like Denmark to come out of this group. Um, I don't think they're going to be better than Belgium because I think Belgium is the second-best team in the world. But, I mean, the only thing that would scare me, Belgium plays Russia in St. Saint Petersburg on Saturday. Without KDB. Without KDB. The fix and, is always in. Yeah. Just remember that. Yeah, somehow, someway, Croatia pulled out a PK win against Russia in Russia. But um, they also, don't forget, Belgium has to play Denmark in Copenhagen. So they've got two legitimate road games to start off as, you know, pretty unfair shake for the number one team in the world who doesn't get to play a home game. Uh, but it still shouldn't matter. Um, I could see them maybe drawing with one of those two teams, beating the other team, and then absolutely smashing Finland to to get the the number one spot in their group. Question: Is Peter Peter Forsberg going to be playing for Finland? I don't think so. Uh, I think he is Swedish. I think you're thinking of Damn Timu Solani. Timu Solani. <laughs> Some of them every time. Nineties hockey. It'll, it'll get you. That's coming up too. <laughs> so right, that so was really all I had for Group B. I didn't have much to talk about. I mean, Belgium is a clear-cut winner, but it is going to be a fun, more fun group than some of these other ones with uh, Denmark and Russia. So there's only 24 teams. There's six groups. It really feels like a lot of these are pretty cut and dry as far as the two teams that you think is going to come out of it. Um, like I mentioned with Group A, uh, Turkey and Switzerland was a lot closer than I expected. I think Switzerland's much better than Turkey, even though I feel like Turkey is always in it. Um, but similar to Group A and B, uh, Group C has the feel of the top two teams will will come out of that one as well, with Netherlands and Austria being the two favorites. Um, Ukraine and North Macedonia has all the odds of being the Saudi Arabia of World Cup and. Uh, Sean famously said that El Sharari was going to be their top goal scorer. <laughs> they didn't score a fucking goal. They did score a goal. It was an own goal, though. Own goal, own goal, that's right. It was yeah. an own goal. So they did not have a goal scorer, so that was a push. Uh, anyways, uh, I don't expect anything out of North Macedonia. I apologize to North Macedonian fans. 
Um, I would name someone on their team, but I don't have a fucking clue. So <laughs> I hope they don't have somebody that's like a center mid for Juventus that plays on my team. I don't <laughs> think that they do. Uh, I do like Austria. Uh, David Alaba is a stud. He's played with Bayern Munich for a while now. He's their captain. Um, they have a decent team. They have. Uh, I, I want to say I saw a stat that said they had outside of the top eight. I can look it up, but after the outside of the top eight favorites, which, like we said, there's there's six groups and there's you know there's there's a lot of favorites that are coming out of here. I think they had the most. Here it is. They have 21 players on their team that play for the big five, which would be Premier League, Bundesliga, uh, Premier Division, Serie A, and French League One. Austria has 21 players. Switzerland is second with 18, and my team, Denmark, is 17. Has 17 there in third. So that should tell you they may not have, you know, household names other than Alba, but they have a a very well-rounded squad, and I think it it should be – not a layup, but they should easily be the favorites in Netherlands and Austria to come out, not even in order, is plus 145. So I do like that number a lot. So real quick, uh, the betting favorite, Ukraine, is a pretty higher favorite than than Austria. They're plus 350, where Austria is plus 475. Interesting. Um, so I, I don't know the betting money. I don't know much about Ukraine. I know a lot more about Austria in terms of Andre Shevchenko. But yeah, shout out. Uh, so that was he's not playing, just so you know. He's like yeah. 77 years old. Yes. Um, so I love Netherlands as a sneaky, sneaky play here. I think they, I mean, they're ready to explode on the okay. scene with their young Frankie de Jong. They've got guys that are just They've missed, don't forget, they missed the World Cup and the last Euro. So Netherlands has been, you know, the, the good old days of Van Persie and Anya Robin and all these guys are it's over. And now it's kind of a new new regime in place. Um yeah. and I really, really like them. Uh if you look at kind of forecasting the the brackets and how it plays out, obviously it's a total crapshoot because you don't know how the third place teams are gonna be seated and finish, but they could have a really nice road to the semifinals before having to play someone like Germany or Spain. So uh, they are one of my sneaky dogs, if you will, to, to, you know, win the tournament. Um, like they it. can, they can, you know, score a lot of goals. Uh, I don't really know other than like we talked about Australia. I don't know that Ukraine uh, or North Macedonia will give them much trouble. I will say your boy troops, he's all in on North Macedonia. He was tweeting today really? about how how he likes them and he's he's expecting big things from them. I don't know if that was sarcasm or not, but that that definitely happened. But yeah, I do I do like uh, Netherlands. I'm gonna put them in some stuff just for fun. Uh, take a take a flyer at plus fourteen hundred to win. Um, there's another bet that I like with predicting the final. That's a nice little payout. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hitch my wagon. Um, to to the Netherlands this year as as an underdog. A lot of a lot of Ajax players on this team. A little daily yeah. gleaned. Yeah, former, daily still there. Former Red Devil. Um, they got the uh, the kid that was Jojo Wijnaldum from Liverpool. Yeah, uh, D- Delight I think is his name. He was the 
Ajax captain and now went on to Juventus. Uh, he's a defender that they've. Uh, he's only like twenty-one or twenty-two years old. I think. I think he's super young, but he was the youngest. They also captain have Stefan De- Stefan Devry from Inter Milan. Is uh, who's their goal? Is it still Tim Krul? They have him and uh, how do you say it? Stekellenberg from Ajax. Okay. My boy Tim Krul used to play. I think for Norwich. Is that right? Is he still there? I don't, don't forget. About, he is. He is. Good call. Okay. Uh, don't forget about Memphis Dubai, who plays for Leon now. Yeah. Who's played for 142 teams. <laughs> so that's that's my little sleeper. I told you off air that I had a, a really good team that I liked a lot. Um, Italy is another one, but I, I like Netherlands to be a little frisky. Side um, bet uh, Denmark goes farther than Netherlands. Side bet. Agreed. Shot bet. Two shot, shot bet. bet. Two shot bets. Done. Two shot bets of some sort of uh, Danish or Holland beer. I like it. Or alcohol. Good twist. <clears throat> okay, Sean. All right. Tell, tell me why Croatia is going to win this group. They aren't. Vatska. Tell I, me why. I don't want to be that guy, but they aren't. Question and is Robert Green the goalie for England? No. I believe it's going to be Jordan Pickford. Might be um, worse. <laughs> so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, England, England, Croatia, Scotland, um, and Czech Republic. Czech Republic is another one of those, like we talked about already with Czech, uh, Denmark and Austria. They just kind of hang around. They're always in the mix. They're always going to be a physical tough out. Um, but this really comes down to whether or not Croatia can get results against Scotland and Czech Republic. I don't think that Croatia can beat England. I know how you feel about England and they always choke in big tournaments and blah, 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 blah. Every time. But I just feel like Croatia's going down from when the World Cup was and England is either level or maybe slightly up. Um, I just don't see it. But again, I don't know that Croatia wants to win this group because the winner of this group has to play the second place group of or the second place went team out of group F, which is Dan's last group, which will be highly talked about as the most watched group. Don't in, give it up. Tournament. They may not know yet. Don't tell them. Yeah. So maybe a blessing in disguise for Croatia not to, to win this group. Um, but it, it should be England's to win. They, you know, they are the, the better team. Croatia, this is kind of the swan song for all of our favorite players back in the day there. Uh, we'll see, you know, some guys, young guys, obviously Manzukic is retired, Subicic is retired. So some young guys getting getting more run up front. Uh, England uh, is the second favorite, second highest betting favorite to win their group. So they're, people are all in on England. Uh, and I mean, they've got, they've got Harry Kane, who led the league in goals and assists. They've got Raheem Sterling, who's always a problem. Marcus Rashford, who can come in and I assume will come in and be a, a super sub for them. Uh, they're pretty young in the midfield, so I don't know how that's going to work. Guys like Grealish and Mason Mount, Jordan Henderson, um, Ben Foden. I, I just don't know how experience in t- big tournaments, how much that's going to play a factor with them. But then they're very solid on the back line with experienced guys who have been there. Yes. Did you not bring up Jaden Sancho and Jude Billingham on purpose? They were uh, Sancho is somebody that I think will, but again, he's young that has doesn't have the uh experience. And I mean, they they still have um Saka's back, like they've got 
young, young talented up there. <laughs> but uh, I don't know that how experienced that midfield because midfield is going to be where you win most of your games, right? Like your best players in, in competitions like this are typically midfielders who kind of possess and dominate the game with the ball. So we'll see what how impactful that is with England. And then we talked about Jordan Pickford. Uh, conversely, Croatia, first big tournament without Subasic and I think since 2006 or eight, I believe. Uh, and then can we get the goal score? Mandzukic for all of his whatever's always found a way to score a goal, always was in the right place. Um, you know, he wasn't fast. He wasn't going to run, run by anybody, but he, he'd get you the goal when you needed it. So we'll see what happens with Kramerich or, or Rebic up top, uh, if they can get it. Obviously, uh, Perisic and, and Luka, uh, it's going to be kind of up to them. Uh, Brockovich, you know, there's there's so many different, again, midfield for, uh, for Croatia is the best, best part of their team, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Scotland, I don't know anything about Scotland other than little Billy Gilmore. I do. Um, I do. Okay. I had a couple things I want to say on Scotland because yeah. they're a little bit scary. Um, they do have my guy, Scott McTominay from Man U, who I'm a big fan of. I forgot of. about him. Yeah, I forgot about him. Big, big motherfucker. Um, he's pretty good. Uh, and Kieran Tierney from Arsenal, who's also a really good young player. Uh, so, and they're always going to be big and physical and they're going to grind you out. So, you know, not something I would like go on the limb and say, Hey, like these Scotland guys are going to run through this group, but something to keep an eye on. I don't think they're going to be a, a walkover. Um, did you see how they like, qualify for the tournament though? I did not. So they had to go to two different playoffs and they won both playoffs in a PK. Um, kudos to them. They scored. I'm almost certain. They scored all five PKs both times, so big cojones on those kids. But you had to go to a, a playoff against, I'm sure, lesser competition. I'm pretty sure Serbia was one of them. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's good experience for them. It's kind of like what we saw with Iceland, who sh- sh- didn't make the Euros this year, but they were kind of the surprise team of the World Cup. Maybe Scotland can be that way. I just I don't see it. Like I said, Czech Republic's going to be – they're going to be physical. They're going to be big-bodied. You're going to just have to grind out a win against them. Croatia has to get a result against them. Have to. That's the second game after what I assume will be coming off a loss to, to England. Have to get a result against Czech Republic to distance yourself and basically just beat Scotland to lock up second place. And I think that'll that'll get the job done for them. And, again, you don't want to play the second-place team in Group F. So I think that's that's a – a good result for this team. I will say Croatia plays um, – they play Scotland and uh, yeah. Glasgow. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing with Belgium. They got two road, two real road games. So, it's a little bit tougher. But like you said, um, Croatia's midfield with, with Modric, Brozovic, uh, and I don't know if, if you want, I don't know where they'll play Perisic. I would imagine they'll pl- probably play him up top to get more offensive firepower. But you also have Kovacic in there. So, along with, uh, like I said, Perisic and Rebic up top, I, I think they should get chances, but um, they're, they're, they're throwing out uh, an aging back four. Yeah. Um, along aging. with. 
skeptical, skeptical uh, goalkeeping at, at this point. So we'll see how that goes. But I would say anything that's not in advance out of this group would be a disappointment at this point. Right. Probably agree on that. Yep. Okay. Group E. This is uh, your group again, Sean. Yeah. So this is where we go out of order because, you know. So uh, another, I, it's not really that close, Spain, who is, I said mentioned earlier that England was the second favorite to win their group. Spain is the favorite. Interesting, though, that if you look at the Spain roster, they don't have, I think, in their, their back line, they only have two guys with 15 or more caps. Uh, their front, they just don't, like, combined, I think, they have only three players with more than 50 caps. So a very young. Also like, sorry, try to cut you off, but I'd like to mention that Sergio Puskas did test positive for COVID. Oh, I did not see that. So he will be out. He will be out for at least the first game. And like to your point with the, the young kid, that's, he's probably one of, if not the most capped guy on that team. So. Yeah. Yeah. I did not see that. So, and that's obviously a factor that, everybody's going to have to play into. So keep that in mind when you're betting, because that can turn everything up on its side. Uh, but lucky for Spain that their group is pretty, pretty weak after that. Poland will be frisky. Um, obviously Lewandowski, who is just a goal score machine. I'm sure he'll get one or two in this tournament. Um, but Slovakia and Sweden shouldn't give Spain any trouble. Um, they do get to play every single game at home. So, uh, I saw some of the numbers. I think this particular stadium in Spain is allowing 25% capacity, which is close to 20,000 people, uh, which is a big difference when you, so for the last year and a half, these guys are used to playing in front of nobody. Uh, three home games. Again, this team has not really performed after their, their golden generation of, I think they won the Euros, the World Cup, and the Euros consecutively. Like that, that, that was their run in 2008, 2010, 2012. And it really hasn't, turned into anything since then. So uh, I like them to win the group. Uh, your boy, David De Gea in, in goal. Um, I, I just don't know that they, and they have the, the midfield guys. I mean, they got the two man city guys, uh, Rodri and Torres that, um, you know, will probably, I don't, I assume you'll play them even though they're both kind of similar positions, but you just put your best players out there. They both play for man city, both have a chance to be world uh, caliber players. So um I like Spain to win this group, uh, and that would finish out my other parlay that I'll tell you after we're done going through the groups. But I don't think Slovakia even gets a win, and then it'll come down to Poland and Sweden, and I think Poland will pretty much easily get the second place out of this group. So over under one full game before Ibrahimovic tweets out that Sweden can't win without him. Under. Yeah. That's just that's gonna happen within like the first thirty-seven minutes of that game. Under, and at one point he was coming back, right? And then he officially retired or retired from international. Yeah, something like that. Oh. I would tend to agree with you. Again, this feels like Poland, Spain written all over it, and I know we're going chalk here, but typically these are the way these tournaments go. Like you said, Iceland kind of surprised us, but. Um, well, especially in tournaments like this where you're only taking teams from one region, um, you know, we'll like see with the surprises. This year. Yeah. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, like this, 
this tournament is different than the World Cup because you're taking 24 teams from all one region. So Slovakia, which would never in a million years qualify for a World Cup, is now all of a sudden playing in Euros. So, like you said, it, it kind of makes sense that your your favorites are going to chalk is is going to be the norm for a tournament like this, where as opposed to the World Cup, instead of playing Slovakia, they're playing a team from Africa or they're playing a team from CONCACAF or South America, and it's a lot different than than playing Slovakia. Fair enough. Um, anything else on that group? Should we go on to F? No, I got nothing on that one. Let's talk about F, baby. And that leads us into group F, which is the group of death. So oh my forth. Gosh. So called. For those, for those not watching, he's got group, group, of F, death group of death and air uh, quotes. Uh, first team out of group F is hungry. Group of death, hungry first team. <laughs> Second is the reigning defending uh, Euro Cup champions, Portugal. And then the best team in, in the entire world, France, by, in my opinion, a mile. And Germany, who, by their standards, limped into this tournament. Um, I'm, I am typically a Germany guy, as you can see by my Dortmund scarf hanging behind me, if you're watching on YouTube. But I am... I'm I'm hesitant with the German the German team. I will say they play all three of their games in Allianz Arena. I will also say that a lot of their players play for Bayern Munich, so they will essentially be playing home games. And I will also say that their roster by name is pretty fucking loaded. However, they're bringing in a lot of vets here, so. It's really going to depend on Joachim Lowe, and I believe this is his last tournament as the German coach. So, I don't know, on paper, obviously on paper, it feels like France, Germany, Portugal will be the group of death, but I'm not sure if that's actually how it's going to play out, especially given, you know, the World Cup that Germany had. Uh, Sean and I were very high on them to come out of that group, and they did not. Um, so that was unfortunate, but they, it's not like since then they've lit the world on fire. I mean, it's, it's been shaky. So I'm interested to see how Germany plays this out. Like I said, they will be at home. Uh, I think personally for me, like, I think France is as locked in as a favorite for a tournament as there can possibly be. I think they're by far the best team in this tournament. I think they're by far the best team in the entire world. I don't think it's very close. And then Portugal, who always hangs around, but since I hate Ronaldo, I'm going to say that they are not going to come out of this group. So, your, your reason for not calling it a group of death is that you think that Portugal and Germany just aren't as good as they used to be? Because on paper, the three of the four teams, it's it's a bloodbath when you have to play two of those three for your group stage. I think in Hungary's eyes, this is the worst group of all time. <laughs> but I think, I think what actually is going to play out, I think that the team names – 
on paper and in the graphic are a lot scarier than the actual teams. And that's not just a knock on Portugal for me. That's a knock on Germany who I typically like. So I do think France is the best team in in the world, but I also don't think Portugal and Germany are as good as advertised, even though Portugal is going through a little bit of a resurgence at this point. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing like with Portugal, doing the exact pretty much opposite of what Germany is doing, where Germany is pretty much bringing in vets. Portugal's got a lot of young talent to put around Ronaldo, um, who is kind of aging towards the end of his international career. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, it, like every single one of these games is must watch when, when one of these two teams is playing each other. Um, I think they'll be the best, most entertaining games of the tournament, which makes it a lot more fun. Obviously, like, Croatia, England will be fun. And there's other matchups that'll be interesting to watch. But when it comes to, uh, and do you have the schedule in front? Who do, like, who does France open up with? Germany. Who gets hungry first? Portugal. So France, Germany is the first game of that group, which is going to set the tone for the entire group. Like, and Allianz Arena. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a line for it. I probably could find it now. But what do you think that line would be? I, I mean, in Germany, France is probably. I would say France is probably minus one eighty-five. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Do you think that, like, I mean, I as a Chelsea fan, we've got Havertz and uh, Timo Werner. You know, being guys that struggled mightily to score. Well, Havertz got the big goal, but. Yep. Uh, they also have Leroy Sané, who is electric. Uh, who didn't get called up to the World Cup last time, right? He was Correct. left home. It's going to be interesting to see how they play that out. But apparently, Joachim Lowe said that he's going to be – the lineup will be heavy Bayern Munich. So, I'm not really sure what his strategy behind that is. Um, but I will say, technically, on paper, they only have two forwards, and one of those is Timo, and the other one is a guy from Monaco. So it could be a lot of midfield work, which is, like you said, very important, and it's definitely their best asset. Um, Goretzka and Nabry, Havertz, Kimmich, Mueller, Tony Crows, Gundigan, like they're loaded, but you can only put so many of them on the field. So uh, I, I would be concerned of their back four. Um, and obviously Neuer has been back there forever. So I'm not too concerned about him. But, you know, Matt Hummels, as awesome as he's been for Dortmund, you know, he doesn't play guys like this every day. So yeah. best of luck to him. But I don't know. I, I just – I'm lukewarm on Germany, although I do root for them most of the time other than – when that car race is involved, but I just don't know if they're going to live up to their name. Yeah, no, I, and that's kind of what you see with old tournament. That's kind of how I feel about Croatia, and not that Croatia's name is Germany, but as defending runner-ups in the World Cup, I feel like they're if they were in this position, I'd be almost assured that they will not, they would not beat Croatia to win the, to come second out of the group. You know, like Germany's name, I think, and the players are there. Uh, that line uh, is plus 170 France, plus 180 Germany, and plus 225 for a draw. I could not find a uh, regulation only or no draw line. 
Well, that should tell you my opinion based on what I've just said about not being totally sure about Germany and what most people think. So there you go. Yeah. I will say France is plus 140 to win this group outright, which I really like. And to go along with my theme, Germany is plus 500 to not advance out of this group. So. Yeah, but you got to remember third pl- some of the third place teams qualify. You got to keep that in mind. The top four sure. third place teams. So they have to be just God awful. You you would assume that a four point outing in group stage with a big goal differential against Hungary should get them through. Even if they, let's say, beat Hungary and drew to Portugal and lost to France, if they just thrash Hungary, their goal differential should get them through. I'm just concerned about them scoring goals. I just I don't know how much firepower they're going to have up top, and that that's concerning. Yeah. Well, um, so now that you've said we've gone through all the groups, mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about, uh, you know, France at plus 140 is a great value when you add it to – I have two to win the group parlays that I'm going to throw at you. Tell me what you think. Okay. <clears throat> and it's kind of in order. So the first one is A, B, and C, Italy, Belgium, and Netherlands. All to win the group is plus 260. And then I throw Belgium back into this one because I really think that their group – I don't know why they're only minus 150, but whatever. Belgium, Spain, and France is plus 433. Spain makes me uneasy. I like the first one better than the second one. Yeah. I, I mean, they're they're the biggest favored team, which is kind of shocking when you consider, like we talked about their roster. There's just not I the guess experience it's, there. It's just the it's, team that they're playing against yeah. is, is where that's from. Yeah, um, and it, I mean, it, it's chalk. I mean, I'm picking – they're all group favorite. I'm not picking any kind of like Croatia or anybody hidden. But all it takes is a two-one loss to Poland, and that could be over. Yeah, so for sure, I definitely like the first one for sure. You said it was it was uh, Italy, Netherlands, and Belgium. Belgium. Yeah, I do yeah, like that's, that. That's one that I that was the first one I wrote when I looked at. It. I was like, well, because I'm. Again, I'm high on Italy and Netherlands, so to put them in there with the number one team in the world, I felt pretty good about it at plus 260. Um, and then you, you're, you're taking another flyer but in that group of death with France. But for them to be plus money after, you know, like everything we just said. Do it. Uh, yeah. I think even just a standalone bet at plus 140 is good. Um, and then if you feel that way about – Germany, then betting betting Portugal to come out of that group is is a good good bet too. So, the How other you feel parla- about Belgium and France parlayed to agree or to, yeah. to come out of winning. That's, I mean that 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 would be you take Spain out of the equation and you'd have the number one and number two teams in the world to win their groups in Europe. Like, it's going to be very plus money. It'll probably be plus. I could tell you it'll probably be 250, 270. I like that a lot. Would really be a kick in the nuts if I did that in Denmark. My team comes and bites me in the ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you parlayed those two, it would be plus 300. In. So, you know, that's you, you take out Spain and don't have to worry about any craziness that happens with the Spanish team. And you get still, you only need two two groups to win. And, yeah, 
there's some fun some fun ones to be out there uh i really do like italy though i think if you're going to put them in a group their group is pretty pretty soft for them you know to, to come out of they can score a lot of goals all of a sudden which is not like italian soccer um so that would be a fun bet uh, and then again, I'm, I'm all in on Netherlands. So plus 1400 to win. Uh, I also like, I did a name, the finalist parlay or not a parlay, but a, just a, a prop France and Netherlands to come out. And if you kind of space the brackets out, it's very doable at plus 3,300. I'm gonna take a flyer on it and see what happens. Uh, just, you know, me being all in on Netherlands probably means that they're going to get bounced in group stage, but uh, it's something I, I'm intrigued by. That would be shocking. And then a really awesome bet uh, that we're going to, you know, I, I stole the idea from, you know, other people that, that it's life's too short to bet the unders. Total goal scored in a tournament, no, not including extra time. The over is 134. And that is plus 200. Mm. So I like that one. Uh, we're going to bet on some high-scoring games. Like, who's to say that Germany, Portugal, and France don't all beat Hungary five to nothing? And that covers some of the other. We're going to take end. it easy on Hungary, man. Got to take it easy. They're getting the last bamboozled. one I have written down is the lowest-scoring team in the tournament. North Hungary. Macedonia. Hungary is plus five hundred. You think Hungary's going to score a goal against any one of these three teams? Why not? Okay. North Macedonia is plus five fifty, so it's neck and neck. But I would I would venture to guess and say that Hungary has zero chance of scoring a goal. Oh, not zero. They have a one percent chance of scoring a goal against one of these three teams, unless an own goal happens, some freak shit that doesn't count. Although it will count, but there you go. All it takes the penalty. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's why it's over plus five hundred. So yeah. All right. Yeah, any more some, bets? Uh, some player props that I'm not going to bet, but I think they're fun. Look at the top goal scorer. Uh, shout out to our, our friend and colleague, Damon. Uh, Lukaku is plus 600, finishes the tournament top goal scorer, which is the favorite. Um, Mbappe plus 850. Ronaldo yep. plus 1500. Uh, and then some of the outright winners. Um, betting favorite right now is England. England is the best. Really? They are at plus 450, and France is at plus 500. Okay. <laughs> when was the last time they won an international competition? Like Before we were alive? Just, just be careful, people. I, yeah. I don't know. I get Eventually, it. I, I get it. I mean, I understand that they're loaded, but it's like, man, they've just been so bad in international competitions. Yeah. So so bad. They they disappoint every single time. Yeah. They they made it a nice little run. I mean, semifinals of the World Cup and lost an extra time and, and had chances to beat Croatia, but who did they lose? Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Or mm-hmm. Yep. Um so maybe it's their time. Maybe that's what people are banking off of. But in that in that same respect, France at plus five hundred is a, a slam dunk because they, they actually won the World Cup. So <laughs> they they easily they, they easily only, won the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. I mean they they're only getting better. Um, uh, Mbappe is head and shoulders the the most talented they're, young player we've they're ever an all star team. Right? Like it's it's, it's preposterous. Um, so 
they they should be favored to win. And people throwing money on England, good for them. But uh, I'll take I'll take France at plus five hundred all day. Same. So I think that's it for all the bets that I had written down and ones that I wanted to talk about. There's a shit ton of bets, and I'm sure depending on what uh, app or site or whoever you use, they probably have different ones. But those are some of the ones that we like that you know would help help you win some money i think i think there's a couple of good ones in there especially the tasty ones mm-hmm. parlays all right well i think with that that'll wrap up our euros 2021 20 <laughs> preview as well as the united states recap just a big beautiful game podcast here you know we don't discriminate here we like all sports we welcome all sports um thanks for joining we had a lot of fun we'll continue to do this and we will also do this for world cup so tune in for that but uh unless uh, sean or anything else i think we can bid i do i think that's it my friend all right guys Bye. thanks for thanks for showing up thanks for watching thanks for listening undrafted sports podcast at undrafted pod follow us on all social media and we'll see you next time we out deuce deuce